0: The reading this evening is taken from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Acts 2, 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Sorry, I got tangled up in my mask. Um, Okay, here we go. So I've got some, I'm going to make you do some work tonight uh, because uh, I've had a long day and maybe you have too. I want you first of all to imagine that you're going down the high street. Uh, here in Winchester, and you're stopping and you, you're just sort of talking to people that you don't know, and you're saying to them, Give me two words that describe the church in Winchester. So let's make it realistic. So, so I'm not, you don't have to to be nice words. They don't have to be words that would please the vicar. But what kind of words to describe the church in Winchester do you think you would hear from people that you stopped in the street? Let's keep it clean, uh, but kind of just, you know, what kind of things might they be saying? Just turn to the two or three people around you and just maybe come up between you with two, three, four words that people might use to describe the church. <laughs> okay, okay, there we go. Um, do, you, do anyone just want to shout out any of your answers? Let's just take some answers. If you're online, you can put them in the chat. But just shout me out some answers, kind of thing we'd hear from Winchester. Anyone who's going to go first? Historic, historic. Helpful. helpful or unhelpful? Helpful. helpful. Lovely. Thank you. Helpful, historic. We're going H's here. There's some vicars in the room. Uh, lovely. Lovely. Thank you. Any others? Lots of them. Lots of them. <laughs> Plentiful. What other words might people use to describe the church? Say again, Ross. Faith and humility, excellent. Any others? Irrelevant. Institution. Outdated. Thank you, Duncan. Family. Thank you. Great. Okay, great. Next challenge. So on the whole, quite positive, actually. More positive than I was thinking I'd get. Um, you've also got some very nice friends here in Winchester. Um, because people could easily say worse things than that uh, but now I want you to imagine you've got to go back 1800 years and it's the second century and you're sitting in the planning meeting to write the Apostles Creed and the Apostles Creed is this thing that we're studying and we've not been here for the last few weeks and it's like a, it's a very ancient summary of the Christian faith it's like a, it's like a map that kind of tells you where all the really important things are in the Christian faith. So I want you to imagine you are part of the planning meeting to write this thing, this like big map of the Christian faith. And you've got... It's kind of, but it's a really short document. So you've only got two words to describe the church. So you're writing this big thing. You're coming towards the end your, and you need to say two really important things about the church using just two words... What two words are you going to use? You've you've sort of got, you haven't, the New Testament has not really been put together and in its final form. All of the bits of the New Testament exist, so you know most of what is written in the New Testament, but you don't necessarily have it as one book yet. But what two words would you want to use? that tell us the two most important things about what the church is. Now, if you know the Apostles' Creed really well, then you will know the answer, so just don't be too clever. But just what two words would you use? Just again, in the same little pairings, or twos and threes, what two words should we use to describe the church? Off you go. Andrew, so I imagine you're in the... You're trying to, You're writing a little document for everybody to read about what the church is. What two words would you want to use? Awesome. Uh, okay, great. So if I can have your attention again, please. Um, so, just want to shout out where you got to. What? Give us some words that you think loving. 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 Thank you. Fantastic. Christ's, representative. Christ's representatives. Thank you. So, loving Christ's representatives. Other thing. Sharing and caring. Sharing and caring. Thank you very much, John. Uh, baptism and communion. Baptism and communion. Thank you, Ross. Excellent answers. Something purpose. Gives Gives purpose. Thank you. Sorry. Um, Any others? Mission of God. That's three, but you can... Christ's body. Thank you. Any others? Something in worship. Community. Unity in worship. Awesome. Um, Thank you. Let me tell you what the two words were that they they chose. So this is kind of 1,800 years ago, and they're they're thinking of a sentence that they can put in the Apostles' Creed. They've talked about God the Creator and said, you know, that's where it all begins. They've talked about the the fact that that God has shown himself through history in some really important ways as the person that created the world, as the person who, uh, in the form of Jesus, uh, became a human being, lived this beautiful life, uh, eventually taught amazing things, did amazing things, but died on the cross, uh, was dead, was buried, but rose again, Talked about that the people talked about the Holy Spirit as uh, the, God's gift to us now, those of us who are living after Jesus, uh, as, as so we can experience the intimacy and the power of God. And then they get uh, to talking about us, the church, and they use two words uh, to describe what they think uh, the church is the two most important things about it. The first word is holy, and the second word is Catholic and we're going to try just in the few minutes we have left to think about those two words and why they are so important and what it means for us then as the church if if that's who we really are because those two words describe who we are. Let's start with that first one. The first word is holy. Now that is a problem for many of us and let me describe it through the experience of a friend of mine uh, who went to the church where I was previously in Chesham. And uh, this young woman emailed me and she said to me, Simon, I'd really love to come to one of your services, but there's a problem. She said, the problem is me. And the problem is some of the things that have happened to me and some of the things that I've done in response to the things that have happened to me. And she said, I know for a fact that if I come into your church, any water... That is in the font, our font is just around here. Any water that is in the font is going to boil over. I will be struck by lightning. If you were anywhere near me, you will be struck by lightning. I cannot accept responsibility for what happens if I step foot into your church. That was a really interesting email to reply to. I wonder what you'd have said. It's absolutely fascinating. She, terrible things have been done uh, to this young woman. And it took actually many years for God graciously to begin to put her back together again. And she, of course, had only one side of the picture of what it means to call God holy. To call God holy, of course, means that we recognize that he is loving and pure and beautiful and mighty. And we are mostly the reverse of those things. We are at the very best a mixed bag. We got some good, we got some evil, we got some beauty, we got some selfishness, we got some things that are working, we got parts that are damaged and broken. And she was only seeing one side Of that equation that God is holy and pure and beautiful and powerful and she just had that deep instinct mostly because of things that had been done to her that she could never be worthy of love and she certainly couldn't be worthy of the love of God of course there's more to say about God being holy and that is that exactly because he was holy and exactly because he was loving, he was willing to come down and live a human life in Jesus, to be one of us, to walk in the dust and the sin and the greed of our world, reaching out to the lost and to the lonely and to the vulnerable. And to the sinned against. And stopping them and saying, daughter. Stopping them and saying, son, I have come that you may have life. And that is what it means for us to say that God is holy. And for us to say the church is holy is simply the next step. And the next step is to say that we are all on a journey of becoming more like Jesus Christ. The word holy, what it really means in in the sense that we're using it here, is something that has been set apart for God, something that has been given over 100% to God. Now back in the day, uh, and it doesn't happen anymore, uh, people uh, of my Dad's generation used to talk about wearing their Sunday best. And what that meant was you had a special set of clothes that was just for wearing on Sunday. And when my dad was growing up, he absolutely swears this is true, the only day of the week he wore a pair of underpants was on Sunday. Because wearing underpants was part of your Sunday best. It was such a special day that you got to wear pants as well as everything else. Isn't it amazing how far we've come since then? I wear a pair of pants every day. Exactly. Yes. But those were things, those were clothes that were really special. They were set aside for important occasions. And so if your mum found you climbing a tree or playing football in your Sunday best, then there was trouble. Some of you may have bits of jewelry, uh, bracelets, rings, necklaces, other things like that, again, that are, that are special. Uh, this is a wedding ring that Naomi gave me 29 years ago. If you said to me, Simon, could I borrow your wedding ring just for a couple of days? Um, I'd say, absolutely not. There's loads of things that I would lend you, but I'm not lending you my wedding ring. Because Naomi gave me this. And it's a symbol of uh, the unending love uh, that we have for each other before God. This is special. It's different. This is about me and Naomi, not about anybody else. For us to say the church is holy is to recognize that it, it's set apart for God. It's to do God's work in the world. It's to be about His business it's to be about his purposes we're not here for us it's not a social club it's not a place to pick up you know people it's not a place to have fun although we do have fun it's a place that is set aside for god to worship to learn to encourage one another and then to serve out in this community so to say the church is holy is to do two things. is both to recognize that God is holy and calls us to holiness and is bringing each of us on that journey where the broken bits inside us, the gnarly bits inside us, the rebellious bits inside us are slowly over time quietened and pacified and won over by love and by beauty. But the second thing is that it's to remind us that we're not about our business, we're about God's business. We serve Him. We worship Him. We treasure all that He has to tell us. That's the first word that Christians 1,800 years ago chose to describe the church, the church as holy. The second word that they chose to use was the word Catholic. Now, to our modern English ears, this does sound a bit strange, because to our ears, Catholic sounds like one part of the church, and it's not even this part of the church. The word Catholic, as it was originally used, had had a different meaning, and we just—I just want to explore that with you, uh, really quickly. I just want to say before I do that we here at Christ Church have the most amazing and cordial and loving friendships with the other churches here in our city, including Father Mark and the congregation, the Catholic congregations here in this city. And Father Mark and I, a group of about 12 or 15 ministers, we meet together every week. We pray for each other. We discuss at length the people from our congregations that we'd like to swap with each other. (laughs) Um, No, we don't. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't. And Rarely, sometimes, okay, just okay. But you know, we love each other and we acknowledge some of the things that we see a bit differently but we know uh, that we have each other's backs and we can pray for each other uh, understanding uh, some of the pressures that each of us is experiencing in leading a church. So I want to say that. To say the church is Catholic is saying two things. The first thing that it's saying, uh, Catholic uh, means, is all about, is a bit, we could use the word universal or global. So to say the church is Catholic means to say it's a big global thing and not a small local thing. It's really important for us to remember. The church is a big global family, not a small local club. And that's what it means to say that we believe that the church is Catholic. And so that's why here at Christ Church, we love both working with other churches here in Winchester, but also we love all the connections that we have across the world uh, with individuals serving in different places, uh, but also some of the organizations like Tear Fund and Open Doors. And those two in particular have been really important to me this last six months Uh, As of course, we've been thinking a lot about COP26 and what it means uh, for our world uh, to achieve climate justice, so what a privilege it is to work alongside Christians in Tear Fund who in many different places in the world are working with the most vulnerable, uh, who are the most vulnerable to climate change, and so are the people uh, whose back we will have to have in the next 20 or 30 years. And I think Open Doors is another organization. I sat down and I talked with some of the Open Doors staff about six weeks ago. And they said to me, Simon, we cannot even begin to tell you what it is like to be a Christian in Afghanistan right now. And I think some of us can begin to imagine what it might be like. But imagine an Afghanistan where the Taliban are back in charge and where people are being hunted from house to house. Open doors can't do anything in Afghanistan at the moment. They're not allowed across the border. They can't get in. They're simply waiting and praying for the chance to get back in and support churches. It's often churches that are running schools and clinics and hospitals. It's it's our great pleasure and privilege to be part of a global family and nothing helps us more than learn from Christians who are working in those circumstances and being able to support them through finance and resource and prayer. So when we say the church is Catholic, the most important thing we're saying is it's a big global family and it's not a small local club. But of course, because institutions are institutions, what tends to happen is that churches turn in on themselves. And like kids in the playground, we don't like playing with other people. The second thing that we say when we say the church is Catholic is that we're reminding ourselves that the the picture of the world that we have in the Christian faith is a complete one. It's satisfying, it makes sense, it works, it explains things. Now, it doesn't mean that the the Christian faith tells us every single bit of knowledge that there is to know. Of course it doesn't. But it gives us a pair of lenses through which to see the world, to understand who God is and what he has done, and to begin together in a community to live for him. So to say say the church is Catholic is not about a denomination, about a part of the church, but it is about saying that the church has this big, beautiful, complete picture of what it means to be a human being. So they chose those two words. I believe that the church is holy and I believe that the church is Catholic. And I would just implore each one of you To understand, but not only to understand, but to believe that God has called us as the church into being. We are his idea. We are described in the New Testament as his bride, the object of his love. What could be more precious and more beautiful Than being loved and cherished in the eyes of God. You will read and hear many indifferent things about the church in our wider culture, and some that are downright antagonistic, hating on the church, or hating on some of the things that the church believes, or some of the things the church does. The church is not above criticism. This church has made mistakes, the bigger church has made mistakes. Back in the 16th century, one of the phrases that theologians used at the time was that the church is reformed, but is always reforming. We never get it all right. We're continually working things out, going back to the Bible, back to the teaching of the apostles, and seeing how does it work? How do we apply it? But we are called as the church of Christ. And the second beautiful image that's, that is used of the church, as well as being the bride, is that we are the body. We are one part here at Christ Church of a citywide body of Christ, of a countrywide body of Christ, of a global body of Christ. And please don't let people th- make you think that the church is rubbish or that somehow you have to be ashamed of it. I became a Christian through the love of people who went to a local church. And they treated me differently. And they spoke to me in a different way. And they showed me an entirely different side of life that I had no idea existed. I came to that church angry and broken and distressed and lashing out and it was through the love of Christian people that I began to see the glory and the beauty of God the same is true of this friend that I was talking about at the start if she was here today she'd be well embarrassed because she doesn't like the limelight but she'd be the first person to say God has taken me quite a few steps since then She'd also say there's quite a few more steps that need to be taken. But we, as the church, are a community of the broken. But we're a community of the broken that is being restored. And we're a community of the broken that is being restored by the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. I, for one, cannot think on earth of a more beautiful and a more exciting that thing to be a part of, and that broken body of people who are being made new in Christ and who are being called to go out into our world and to bring beauty into the darkness, to bring light into the places of fear. Don't let anybody make you embarrassed to be a member of the church Of course we face our failings. But the church is God's gift in our creation. And I believe in it. And I hope that you do too. Amen.